0: Keep from going under. Yeah, yeah. It's like a jungle outside. Sometimes I wonder how I keep from going under. Uh, we scream Black Lives Matter, but we still toting ladders. Watching our own brothers trying to get at us. Dreams get shattered when a scene full of crackers and they charge you with some shit you ain't do. You like what happened?
1: We go get lawyers, say shit we don't know how to talk. They taught us to hate each other before we learn how to walk.
0: Mama taught you how to fight, fight, for she taught you how to write, write. And daddy locked down in a cell, can't kiss you night, night. Monsters under the bed. Every night feel like a Fright Night, coke fumes in the air. Mama holding on that pipe tight and you catch your contact, but never mind that. In the world where black is wrong,
1: What's up, everybody? This is Keon Mirrors of the Northway, and today we'll be interviewing an athlete from out west. Um, he's a basketball player. His name is Othniel Spence, and he's an aspiring pro, and he's been through a lot out there, and he's done some great things uh, for the culture. And Today, I just want to get his story and make sure you guys understand um, what he's doing. Um, so how are you doing today, bro? I'm good, bro. How are you doing? I'm all right, man. I can't complain. Yeah. Um, so let's get right
0: into this. Um, what was your experience like uh, going to school in Vancouver? my experience in Vancouver was definitely like culture shock a little bit Uh, being out west uh, things are a lot slower compared to Toronto Um, there's not a lot of uh, I guess busyness within the city Mm -hmm. Um, as well um, the diversity is different so uh, me being a black male uh, the diversity is a little different Mm -hmm. uh, with just the population and the population density, um, so just kind of like getting out of my shell um, uh, as well. Just getting uh, when I was playing in Vancouver, playing at Simon Fraser University, um, it was a it was a good experience. Like I really enjoyed my experience, and I'm thankful for it. Um, but yeah, it was uh, definitely uh, out of out of my uh, my walk. Yeah, for sure. <laughs> I had to stab, bro.
1: Um, so while you were out there. Um, You had some different experiences with racism and like Mm -hmm. to be totally honest like I never thought in my mind oh like Vancouver you could experience that that type of thing because we're in Canada at the end of the day yeah and you know there's a narrative that there is no racism in Canada um so you had some instances where um, other students like keyed your car so how was that
0: so that was that just just like you that was a little bit of a shock for me Um, you know I knew that racism is a thing in Canada for sure Um, and I didn't believe that false narrative but at the same time uh, it was interesting because I never would have thought that that would have happened uh, to me because I never really like made enemies with people Mm -hmm. in Vancouver and so when one day um, I was just getting ready to go up to a meeting and I walked outside my house and my car was just different. Like, I just, I saw that it was, like, scratched. And I was like, oh, like, you know, like, maybe, you know, I scratched it the other day or whatever. Mm-hmm. So I walked up to it, but then I saw it was, like, actually, like, wording. And so it spelled, like, N I G R, And we all know the notion, uh, like, where that person, whoever keyed it, was going with. And for me, that was, that was such a shock. Like, I was standing there for about, like, five minutes just, like, in disbelief, mm-hmm. just, like, trying to take it in, thinking I was dreaming. But, like, mm-hmm. it actually happened. Like, I tried to rub it off, didn't work. I was like, all right. So, I had to, I called my parents, and I was like, like, yo, mom, dad, like, I need some help. Like, somebody did this. Somebody keyed the N-word in my car. And they were telling me to, like, you know, call the police um, and just explain your case, and they should, like, send somebody over, right? Mm -hmm. But for me, it was just um, a little bit confusing because I called the police, and they they told me that this was a car mischief case so yeah so i was explaining to the operator on the phone i was like yeah so i would like to file a report um and they they were saying that you know oh someone keyed your car and i was like yes then they spelled the n-word and they're like okay um we're gonna put this under car mischief and i was like no 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 let's let's (laughs) let's let's say it for what it is yeah it's a hate crime yeah you know and um She was, the lady on the phone was just like, uh, no, like, we don't really like do that. And I was just like, what do you mean you don't do that? Like, Mm -hmm. this is a hate crime, it's clear. And so like, even arguing on the phone, I said, you know, could you, could you at least send, you know, somebody to come down and like, you know, check it out, Um, possibly, you know, ask my neighbors and investigate. Um, Because she asked me if I had surveillance in my house. Mm -hmm. And for me, I didn't have surveillance in my house, being a student living very close to the school I didn't think there was gonna be you know a crime and such that I would have to record um, or have surveillance in my house knowing the security and so um, I told her like oh I don't have surveillance like I think I I don't really have that and I was just wondering if you could you send a detective or send a you know officer to come and ask the neighbors you know if they have surveillance to ask the neighbors if they have cameras if they saw anything and she was like "Uh, no like we're not gonna send anybody. Mm-hmm. And I was like, okay. So, like, for me, like, at that moment, like, I'm already feeling distraught. Like, I'm already um, feeling, like, betrayed um, by the community. I'm feeling not, I'm not feeling safe in where I am mm-hmm. because somebody knows where I live and they also know what I look like. Um, and so, for me, I'm like, oh, like, my safety is definitely um, at stake. Mm hmm can you please send somebody to help me just make me feel secure in the sense that you are doing something in order to solve the issue? Mm -hmm. And with them saying no, um, for me, it was like, okay, so the people that are sworn to protect are not protecting me. So now I feel like my back is against the wall. And so during that time, like, I had a rough time just, like, trusting others as well as just, like, always having, like, eyes, like, just, Eyes on on the back of my head, just like always, just looking around, like viewing the environment, Mm -hmm. Um, seeing what people are there, what type of people are there. I'm getting any weird looks, and there was like a point where I was like staring out my window for like, you know, when I was home, just staring out my window, seeing if anybody's, you know, coming up my car or looking at my car different or something like that. You know, like just I was like looking out, I was like (laughs) ready to pounce. Yeah, but unfortunately, we didn't catch the dude or female who did it. And so that was that was like probably pretty frustrating Mm -hmm. but I got a whole ton of support um, from friends and family um, and teammates and some staff members at SFU Um, I think for me uh, I just wanted to have that support from the school as a formal like a formal letter or formal message slash email Mm -hmm. that hey we're here to um, support you and we're here to like help you if you need any help but not receiving that at like initially, initially, for me was was tough. Mm-hmm. It was tough on me because being a man of faith, like I'm grounded in you know my belief in Jesus Christ and that my value, my worth is um, through Him. Mm-hmm. And maybe for another athlete that doesn't have that you know type of um, belief in um, something else like they think their their identity is shaped and formed in their either their performance or their identity with the school mm-hmm. yeah and so for not receiving that uh, support initially like that can be very traumatizing as well as like that could cause a lot of hurt and pain mm-hmm. for somebody so yeah it was all, all overall like that that story definitely I wish there was like a result of some, that somebody was found and somebody confessed mm-hmm. but at the end of the day like God's God's got it in control, and so, Mm -hmm. like, I trust him with it, and... Yeah, 100%, bro. So, yeah, so, you know, for me, like, that burden is, you know, it's kind of over with, like, even talking with counselors about it and really, like, trying to, like, you know, hash those things through, like, finally receiving, you know, an apology from the school. Like, the week later, um, the mayor of Burnaby, so where I was living, Mm -hmm. like, um, he went out of his way to, like, send, you know, an officer down, Mm-hmm. which was cool. And so, like, there were things that, that happened over time, but, like, definitely at that moment, it was just
1: this hard. No, definitely, bro. Mm-hmm. And sorry to hear that, but I'm glad everything worked out yeah. in your favor. Um, I don't think the officers really understood, like, okay, like, for them to figure out, like, that's his car and to figure out that, you know, he's black, they had to be watching you. Yeah, to see where you live, what type of car you drive. Mm-hmm. Um, so that can really affect anybody. Um, and was that like th- your first time experiencing racism? Um, did you experience it in the GTA or is it just like?
0: Um, I think like overt racism, yes. Mm-hmm. That was the first time. But like definitely like microaggressions or things that were like under the rug, type of type, like different types of racism was obviously like a thing that I've experienced just like you know either being followed in the store yeah. by security or um, getting looks yeah. by others for being in a place that you know doesn't have like my kind of like black people mm-hmm. um, so yeah like I felt like for me in Vancouver um, there's only and this is a funny fact but like there's only a 1% of of the population is black in Vancouver. Nuts. Yeah, yeah. And, being that one percent for me like I take it upon myself to have a reputation not just for myself yeah but for black folks in general yeah yeah so having that um, I guess like people call it pressure having that pressure to to have like you know we'll to, to be, in, be in a good yeah have a great standard and, and obviously have a higher standard than most but also like having a behavior that's commendable mm-hmm. um, and that is like looked at as like wow like you know um, you know we don't really see like black people in our area and so like having like somebody that is you know shows up most respect mm-hmm. that handles himself well um, I don't want to fulfill stereotypes that, or prejudice mm-hmm. or have that prejudice that is formed by others
1: yeah know that's dope because um you have the pressure and people for for people who don't understand this like as a student athlete you're representing the school mm-hmm. um, and and some people get caught up in just representing the school but there's an added pressure now because you're not just representing the school. You're a black student. You're one percent of the population. Yeah. So any little thing you get caught doing can be like, this up. is black people. Yeah. You know what I mean? So like mm-hmm. for you to have that awareness and that pressure, like I commend you for even like withstanding that. Um, with that said, like um, this this like like this this is a crazy thing. Like your school, um, had a history. It was it was named the Klansmen. Yeah. Um, then they reduced it to the Klan. And, you know, a lot. you said a lot of, you know, off camera, you said a lot of your athletes were ridiculed for that name yep. when you'd go play against other schools in the States. Yep. Um, and it kind of, like, I guess, uh, motivated you to start a petition to change the name, and you got it done. So, like, what went into that, and, and like, what was your experience with that?
0: Uh, like, I think, yeah, like, my experience for that was definitely something that I've never, like, had like have happened to me before Um, in a sense where I was driven for change and I was driven for uh, like institutional change Mm -hmm. Um, and seeing that you know um, seeing like the Black Lives Matter movement and seeing like the killing of George Floyd Mm -hmm. and um, and the other people that were also like you know unfortunately like murdered by police. Mm it really it really showed it really showed like woke up something within me that like I need to lead something that I've always believed in and so I've already I've had this belief of the name change for about three years mm-hmm. and so I wanted it to be executed before I left and so uh, me and my friend Marie really started this petition and really started this movement towards the name change and getting like the student athletes involved coaches involved even staff members at the school mm-hmm. um, and so for me uh, this all started in I want to say March March or April and for me I'm finishing exams I'm also starting summer school so I was in summer school I'm in summer school I'm aspiring to go pro mm-hmm. and I'm trying to carry on this name change and so for me there were days where I would sit at my desk from like 9 in the morning to like 5 at night just receiving like phone calls or sending emails um, or having interviews wow. um, and so for me like that was a big burden um, let, it left me, like, emotionally exhausted. Yeah. Um, it left me, like, mentally exhausted. Mm-hmm. And so uh, for me, like, just being in that spot, um, really, like, asking God for, for the love and support and the, and the energy and the strength to continue on with this fight. Um, and it was definitely tough. Mm-hmm. Like, there were days where, like, I was like, man, like, I don't even think this name's going to be changed. Like, mm-hmm. I don't think that the president's really going to sign on this. Mm-hmm. I don't think that you know I'm doing enough, or I don't feel adic- I feel inadequate. I don't feel like um, my value is there, um, and so there's a lot of people that really sh- spoke out and encouraged me to continue and to press on, you know. And um, for me, like I saw like the people that were against the name change, and mm-hmm. I saw like the people bringing up their conversations, and it was mostly. Um, folks that didn't understand like my perspective as a black man mm-hmm. like imagine yourself being a person of color and you are carrying this name called the clan and let's say your family has a history of encounters with the clan hmm right hmm this is tough right that's that's tough to take on because now like your family's like not just like not ridiculing you but criticizing you for being at that school mm-hmm. criticizing you for your like your worth and your identity with that school and so there is an extra burden that students of color have to carry with that name alone, mm-hmm. being in the airport and explaining it to a random person or being, oh wow, yeah, or even it. showing up to a game. So my first uh, NCAA game, we were playing in Seattle, my first NCAA game, before uh, we got on the court, we were watching the game before, and a dude came up to me and he's like, oh, like what team are you? And I was just like, oh, like Simon Fraser. He's like, oh, what's your team name? And I was like, the Clan. And he was like, oh, like, we don't do that here. <laughs> and, and, like, for me, I'm like, all right, so I already got the pressures of playing my first game. Yeah. I'm nervous, yeah. right? And this guy just comes out and just says that. And I'm like, you're right, yeah. you know? Like, you're right. I'm not, I'm not arguing against it because this name shouldn't be this name, mm-hmm. you know, because it's it can, obviously it has an origin like, a Scottish origin behind it that means, um, like, a family or a close-knit brother or sisterhood, um, but at the same time, it's been weaponized, mm-hmm. you know, it's been weaponized against people of color, especially, Yeah. and so, for students of color at the school, I'm just like, man, this is, this is definitely, like, a trigger, this is a trigger for trauma, mm-hmm. a trigger for pain, and so... Like, my speculation is, with this name change, and it did happen, by the way, with this name change, um, I really see the school's dynamic and diversity changing. Like, I see students of color coming to the school more than are athletes. Oh, that's amazing. You know? Like, I see, this is my vision for the school, because I see that there's going to definitely be, like, more student-athletes that come with the name change, because... Coming from the states, and you're on a visit, you love the school, but yeah. their name's a the clan. You know, like it's like, oh, I can't. It's different over there in the yeah. states. racism different. is racism's different. Yeah. And so being Canada's only NCAA school, having that name, you're not making a good reputation yeah. for yourself. Hundred you percent, bro. So yeah, so.
1: Nah, that's dope, man. I fully understand that, bro. Um, in doing all these things, did you face any type of backlash from like any students? I know you faced the, the your car being keyed. But um, you faced was was there a lot of support around it? Uh, there was a
0: lot of support, but there was also like students that were against it. Um, there was a lot of people that um, were older. I would say like you know seniors or even like older older people uh, plus forty. Let's just mm-hmm. say that that dynamic of alums as well as like people that went to the school um, that were against the name being changed due to. Um, their reputation with the school or like their time with the school yeah and honestly like I respect I respect them, and I and I honor that they attended the school and that they you know they performed mm-hmm. um, and played with with SFU mm-hmm. um, With that said you know like no disrespect but their times up yeah. you know like it's times change and so do generations yeah and so um, receiving that backlash from like the older group of folks like I understood their arguments and I want to share like the perspective of a younger student, because, like being, you know, in your place as a as an older gentleman or older older woman, mm-hmm. um, and saying that you know the Klan name is not racist. It's not it's not uh, Klan with a K. Like mm-hmm. it's not this. It's not that. And I'm like, yes, but put let me put you in my shoes now. Mm-hmm. You know. And so I think like with the with the article that I wrote. Um, with the park journal i wrote it with the park journal and i really think i really examined you know my perspective as a student athlete of color and also being in that generation um, that younger generation i think people can really like you know take a look at that Mm -hmm. and see like oh like this is what they went through or this is what he went through i I can't imagine what you know some of the students from the states go through yeah you know so i think it puts
1: guys like you um, in danger too like you said mm -hmm. like in the states you know stage is kind of crazy over there like yeah let's say that guy didn't want to have a conversation he wanted to fight you or attack you so yeah. i feel like this is this was very necessary mm-hmm. um and that's amazing bro so like i know this obviously like as you said it was very hard emotionally it's very tough like what got you through these times i know you're a man of faith like um, was it god
0: did you have mentors did you have people pouring into you like mm-hmm. how was that so i had like all of it i had i had the lord um that i was going to um uh-huh. But I also had support from from my brother as well as like family members and close friends and I had a couple mentors that were really just speaking into like this name change and speaking into you know God was really trying to use me to like leave a legacy Mm -hmm. at us a few and so like a lot of folks were really showing me like this bigger picture that like you know this is going to be known for like years decades you know with this name change and so um, I was really just like anticipating like the bigger picture yeah I was really anticipating I was like I'll go through it I'll go through hell like right now Like I'll go through the fire as long as like there's a result in the end and as long as like there's a step forward hmm and so I think like we really like that that happened like that resulted like God really mm-hmm. brought that to fruition and so for me like knowing that like my identity my value is in Jesus instead of you know my performance on the court mm-hmm. This name change or my identity with SFU, um, it really drove me to like you know something bigger. Um, everybody has the notion of saying bigger than basketball, and so yeah, you know I wanted yeah. to I wanted my my footprint or my legacy at SFU to be bigger than than basketball. Just basketball.
1: That's amazing, bro.
0: And I think that
1: um, a lot of Hoopers watching this interview should um, take note of that mm. because like you know we got caught up and we're just so focused on basketball. This is my identity. And when we lose it and we're done, it's hard to transition now. Yeah. Because we're not thinking past the moment. We're mm-hmm. thinking about now, not later. Um so that's that's amazing that you said it. Um so like what with that said, like what's the next step for you?
0: I think the next step for me, uh is definitely I'm aspiring to go pro and play overseas in Europe. Um uh, outside of that I'm looking into going into teaching as well. So um, after like, after pro, I'm gonna be going teaching, um, to teaching. So typically like social studies, sociology, um, and possibly counseling. Um, just trying to be you know like that leader uh, for for especially like black athletes, mm-hmm. black, black black kids. i um, mm-hmm. trying to show them that you know like you are worth so much more than what the world says you are. Mm-hmm. Even even now, you know. Mm-hmm we're really growing to that step of, of really showing like equity and equality in our fight for that but also just investing these young men are young kings you know and these young mm-hmm. women are young, young queens mm-hmm. so so really trying to like show that and really trying to invest into like that community that's amazing bro It's yeah. amazing
1: it's something especially growing up obviously as two black men like mm-hmm. we don't address emotional or mental pain trauma. Yep. Yeah. kind of like taught to like just sweep it under the rug so um, again bro I just want to commend you for what you're doing appreciate um, that You have our full support um, with that I said like where can people get in contact with you how can they support what you're doing
0: well like um, you guys can support me uh, the, the the name has changed so yeah <laughs> the support the support was there and I thank you guys for that um, but you guys can follow me on Instagram at Othniel Spence so O-T-H-N-I-E-L um, as well as Twitter um, and you can you can find me on Facebook as well so mm-hmm. Yeah, me up on that. All right, man. That's dope, bro. Appreciate you coming out
1: here today and, and, and letting the world know about your story. Yeah, appreciate um, that, brother. Make sure you guys go subscribe on YouTube. Um, the website's dropping soon. Um, let everyone know about the Northway. Let everybody know about Ochneil. Appreciate you guys tuning in, man. That's dope, bro. Oh. Yeah. <sighs>
0: Thanks,
1: bro.